Hey, Marlon, how's it going? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, really appreciate you being here. Uh, for anyone joining us, Marlon Nichols is founder and managing partner at Mac Venture Capital. Uh, prior to Mac, he was a partner and investment director at Intel Capital. Um, he's a former Kauffman Fellow and has worked with companies like Gimlet Media, MongoDB, Thrive Market, Fair, Maven, and many more. Um, he was the recipient of South by Southwest 2018 Innovator of the Year Award and was named to PitchBook's 25 Black Founders and VCs to watch uh, for the past two years. Um, but uh, on, on top of all that, Marlon's been a great mentor to me uh, since starting in VC almost four years ago, uh, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on here today. Um, Marlon, thanks for being here, man. Um, walk us through, you know, Mac Ventures and, and what you guys are up to right now. Yeah, so uh, and Mac is a seed stage venture fund. Um, we invest uh, our, our check size is in the range of half a million to 1.5 typically um, with a target ownership stake of um, 10%, um, you know, after our first or initial investment into companies. Um, we define seed stage as, you know, company has built a product. Um, it's at least in a, mo you know, MVP state and is starting to get some uh, feedback from the marketplace. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, 100% live or, you know, in a commercial environment, but that, you know, maybe there's a beta, um, a beta customer in place or yeah. there's a soft launch or something like that, that we can look at and pull some data from and, you know, validate what we believe to be true about the opportunity. Um, That's great. Yeah. We're primarily based in LA. Um, we have a couple of our, um, <clears throat> of our teammates in the Bay area, Menlo park and um, in San Francisco. And we invest, you know, um, all over the country. Um, uh, that's the focus. But we also invest um, around the world, you know, if we find the right opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's talk a, a little bit about those opportunities. Um, you know, you have a portfolio predominantly of seed and early stage businesses. I would imagine many of those founders have actually never led through this type of uncertainty, this type of pandemic, um, you know, let, let, let's just think about some of the advice that you're giving them and, and the types of things that you're saying for a company that, you know, doesn't really know what the next six months may look like. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been uh, fortunate, fortunately, unfortunate <laughs> seeing, you know, uh, two of the, the more recent ones, um, yeah. you know, uh, 2000s, I was just a kind of age myself a little bit. I was coming out of undergrad um, and had, you know, joined my first company um, and had to navigate, you know, through that whole thing. Um, in fact, we were, it was a, it was a, um, a dot-com consultancy. Uh, so basically all of our clients were going out of business. Um, so yeah. It was, you know, I had to go through that whole process of figuring out, well, what was actually going on here and what do I do next? Um, and then, you know, fast forward, I was, you know, definitely in the workforce heavy um, by the time, you know, 2007, eight and nine came around. Um, so so I got to see it, um, albeit from a different lens then as well. Um, you know, the, the first thing that I that I tried to do with with our companies was to you know, have one on one conversations with them to one, make sure that the founders are OK. Right. Because it's this is kind of a shock, right? I mean, yeah. the world was just kind of, your, you know, to think of a founder's perspective, their world was just flowing, you know, the way it had been for the last, I don't know, probably several years. And then all of a sudden, yeah. there's this huge disruption to everything that they considered normal. And that does something to you psychologically. 
right? And, you know, I didn't want to see our, you know, our folks like panicking or making bad decisions, um, you know, because of this, um, this thing being thrusted on them. So it was, yeah. let's, let's try to, you know, put things in, in a perspective, like, you know, um, the world is not going to end, uh, your company might, but if it does, you know, that's, um, that's something that happens with, with startups. So let's, let's yeah. really sit down and figure out what's happening with, with your company. All right. And where does it yeah. fall within, within the spectrum? And that, that spectrum is, um, I like to describe it as on, on one end, you have companies that, you know, that are just going to go out of business. And on the other hand, companies that are going to thrive in this environment. And um, yeah. today, what that looks like are, you know, companies that are in the health tech space, companies that um, are, you know, can participate in this um, remote work or remote education mm-hmm. space, um, companies that are, um, you know, um, integrated with government um, and and um, yeah. and regulations, right? Those are likely going to thrive um, in this environment. And then yep. uh, somewhere between along that spectrum, you have some companies that are going to um, to to be more. They're not going to generate revenue right now. Like there's just they're not going to get any new business. They're not going to generate any revenue. Um, but if they have enough cash. Um, they can maintain the right size team, the right um, makeup of a team, and kind of just get back in the lab and continue to build, so that when we come through this, they can kind of rewind. In a good spot. And yeah. right. And so yeah. And so the 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 biggest thing for for us, the second biggest thing after you know making sure the psychology was 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 all right, was just helping them come to real, realization of where their company sits within that spectrum. Right. Yeah. And then and then once we get there, it's like, all right, well, now we know what it is. Right. We're all on the same page of what this is. So, yeah. what are you what are you telling them? What are you telling teams that were planning on going out to raise in Q1 or Q2 of this year? Um, you know, obviously that for, let's not say obviously, but for many of them, that's not going to happen. What do, do you advise trim runway as far as you can trim employees? I mean, what's what's the best sort of message that you think is appropriate? For teams that are probably going to have to uh, dep- raise later in the year, it depends, right? So, yeah. I mean, so we have we we've we had one company. I'll give you some examples without using names. But we had one company um, that that did do um, kind of a significant layoff, right? Um, and they did this because um, they're in the education space, and um, you know, schools are closing, and and they're more of a fit their business depends on physical spaces and you know and um and students being um in certain you know in physical spaces together mm-hmm. so just knowing what we know about you know where we are right now like that's not gonna that that's not gonna be a, a revenue generator at this at this point in time right so for them you know the ceo came to the realization like look well this isn't going to be the norm forever but it is, yeah. but it is the reality of right now. So we have to, um, we have to reshape our company, um, the people within it, to fit the reality right now. And that meant, you know, laying off a, a lot of a lot of people, consolidating roles, and making sure. Yeah, that's well said, though. Yeah, yeah, making sure they had twenty four months of a runway to come out. Right. Other companies, like I have another company that's um, more in the 
it's in the beauty space, which is also hit um, uh, by this, right? But where they are is it's really, really clear that they have, um, they've got a real competitive advantage. And as soon as, as soon as we come out of this and the beauty industry opens back up, they're going to start to crush it again. There's going to be some orders coming in. Yeah. yeah. So, for, so for them, they're still, you know, they were planning to go out and, and, and raise around um, because they have a really incredible story that, that they can tell. And that story in, you know, in, I think in every scenario um, stands to be true coming out of it. Yeah. So they're going forward yeah. with the, with, with the fundraise, you know, but that said, that said, there's a point in time where it's like, all right, well, uh, you know, our runway looks like this right now. So we have this amount of time to, you know, kind of business as usual, go out and, and raise this money. Um, but if we can't, right, by such and such date, well, now we know we got to make some hard changes. Right. So it's yeah. so it's always, you know, you're you're making decisions about what it looks like right now, but you're keeping a you're keeping a very sharp eye on in a week to week basis on how the business is performing and are you are you actually achieving the goals that the short term goals that we set out to do. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's talk just a little bit about the the sort of investing and sourcing aspect of this. Uh, you know, obviously your focus right now is going to be on your existing portfolio, but you know, to the extent that we start to look two months, three months, four months down the road, um, you know, at some point investors will have a responsibility to deploy capital. What do you, what do you think that looks like? What are some of the changes that, that you expect to see? Um, and how are you thinking about sourcing um, in the near term? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, everyone is saying, oh, it's business as usual, right? <laughs> but th there aren't a lot of new checks being, being, being written, right? Um, you know, if you read the, the, the daily blogs, you'll see a lot of companies getting funded. Um, but my guess is that a lot of those conversations- A lot of that was done. Started, yeah, yeah, they started well before this, or the deals were even done and they're just now being announced, right? Um, yep. But I think, I think people are, investors are selectively taking meetings right um you know with companies that they think you know really have legs now and beyond this period um and, and i think you will see you will see amazing companies get funded because amazing companies get funded in every environment right um so so i think that that's going to continue to happen for us um yeah i mean there is there is a slight tightening of the belt right so every fund has a or most funds have a follow-on um, investment strategy, and you reserve a certain amount of your capital to, you know, invest in the next round of, of of companies. Well, I think every smart investor at this point in time is, you know, has revisited that, and you know, have yeah. shifted allocations a bit so that, you know, if a, if you have a great company in your portfolio, um, and that and that you don't want that company to fail because of, um, you know, because of this situation. So you need to be able to step in with a, you know, a check or a few checks um, to make sure that they can weather this storm. Now they have to do things as uncomfortable things as well, right? But um, you wanna make sure that you're able to, to, to do that. Um, so, so that's gonna, you know, it, it's gonna lessen the pool yeah. of capital that you have for new investments. But again, um, you're still out there hunting, right? Because, you know, yeah. Google um, was Airbnb, Uber, all these companies were, were funded uh, and or created 
during um, these, you know, the last two downturns. Oh, yeah. yeah, Venmo, WhatsApp. Yeah. Sure. No, there's, a, there's an incredible. Who doesn't thing. want to be in one of them? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, and then on top of that, you know, valuations are probably going to be a bit more um, reasonable at, you know, at, yeah. during this time. So the pendulum swing a little bit back to investors. Yeah. Or, you know, or just be, I think I was on a, I was on a call earlier and they talked about like the power dynamic. Right. And yes, yeah, sure. I mean, we yeah. live in a world where there are power, there is a power dynamic, but it's just markets, man. Um, it's just it's just value um, or perceived value, and um, and whether or not you're you're willing to pay that value, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Does that apple cost five dollars or, or you know or ninety nine cents? <laughs> it's still a good if it's still, if it's still a good apple. It's if it's still a good apple, it's still a good apple, but. You know uh, how many apples are there in the world? How many stores are selling those? Yep. Are selling those apples? How yep. how easy is it for you to get to one of those stores, right? So that that all that stuff's going to go into what what you think this thing is actually um, worth. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want I want to talk a little bit about um, something that's close to me uh, as a former GS employee. Um, you know, you 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 just um, you just joined the board council for Launcher GS, um, which is a, a really inspiring platform at Goldman. Um, Gemma Wolf and, and a, a bunch of other good colleagues of mine um, are focused on female investors, diverse investors, all the above. Um, and it's a, it's an incredible platform. Um, I'd love to just get your 30 seconds on, you know, the impact of this to uh, diversity founders. There's obviously a, a notorious uh, difficulty of accessing capital in traditional times. And so I think that that gets even harder now. Um, any of the messages that you're sending to them or the types of things that you think are particularly important for uh, both diverse emerging managers and diverse founders to be thinking about right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think traditionally, right? And actually author, co-authored a, um, a report on um, diversity investing in, um, in startup performance um, with the Kaufman Fellows Program. And um, yep. I mean, it, the data is really clear. Um, you know, diverse founders, particularly Black and, and Latinx, are underfunded, um, but uh, once funded, tend to to outperform um, those non-diverse teams. Mm -hmm. um, I think by thirty percent on 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 average. Um, so there, so there's there's definitely a, a, an issue. There's a problem, uh, and I, yeah. I love what. Um, you know, we're trying to do with with launch with GS uh, for Black and Latinx because it's not it's not an accelerator like you know um, in, in the traditional sense. Um, essentially, what what the program is it's a it's a cohort of companies um, where Goldman and this external advisory um, board is going to throw all of our resources um, behind them. So that could mean you know getting mentorship from you know, um, a fairly senior person within um, one of Goldman's businesses. It could mean, um, you know, becoming a, um, a customer or a partner um, of, of mm -hmm. Goldman and, and their partners and, and their customers, which, you know, which could be huge in terms of, um, you know, a company later on trying to raise money, right? Um, you know, it could be it could be actual actual capital, right? So it's just putting all the the, the right resources um, towards helping these companies get to get to where they're going. You know, but paying attention to the fact that there is a, a huge disparity 
And, you know, um, because of that, um, this group needs a little bit more, more love, not, not a handout, but uh, a bit more attention um, to, to, to what they're doing and, and, and assistance because it's not, um, it's not be- being provided to them in an equitable way right now. So I'm pretty excited about the, the program. A group. That's great. No, I was, I was excited to see your name attached. That's a, that's a great team. And I was a Goldman for almost six years and I, I love, uh, love seeing that grow. Um, last one for you, Marlon. I really appreciate you being here. Um, this has been super fun. Um, I just want to think a little bit about sort of silver linings. Um, any of the things that you're excited to see on the other side of this? We, we talked about some of the industries that are shifting as we're in it, but anything that you're particularly excited about, um, you know, lasting or, or being around after this that wouldn't have been if we hadn't gone yeah. into it? So um, two, two industries um, that I'm pretty excited about that, you know, we've been investing in for a while now. And fortunate for us uh, that, you know, that that is the case. But um, health tech is, yep. is, is one of them. Right. And kind of this um, uh, this kind of um, mixture of telemedicine and traditional medicine, um, you know, being being a reality. I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a world where everything is, is virtual. Right. But um, there are points in time um, where you know, um, addressing something virtually makes more sense than going into the doctor's office and, and vice versa. Um, so, yeah. uh, so I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And, you know, there've been some, you know, reluctance around um, having digital medical records and, and things like that. I think that um, this whole thing is going to move the needle on that um, quite a bit. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you know, our companies benefiting from that. And then um, I think just government and, and, and the way that, uh, or how slow government is um, in terms of adopting new technology or seeing technology as, you know, the way of the way forward. I think, you know, this pandemic, if nothing else, it, it shows that there's some real deficiencies here. And yeah. like, as a government, we need to get, get on board with, um, you know, with, with um, being technologically forward thinking. Uh, so I, I think there's some real opportunities that are going to open up, open up there. And everyone talks about the um, kind of um, remote learning and, and all of that. I think um, I think the players there are pretty much set. Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't think there's mm-hmm. going to be a, a whole lot of um, movement or or mm-hmm. um, significant new entrance into that into that space. I think though what what you will similar to government is that these large um, institutions uh, doing more to to kind of have have that hybrid approach of some um, online, some some physical, uh, particularly when it comes to yeah. um, relates yeah. to post secondary education. Like you know, for anyone that has gone to college, you you know that um, what you pick up in the class in the classroom is you know forty percent the value. Um, uh, that you're going to come out of there with. It's it's about the life experiences and the relationships that you build and all that stuff. And yeah. um, unfortunately, um, you know, you, you can't do that in the virtual world. So um, so I think it's overall, I think there's going to be an, an adoption of technology that's going to be um, greater than we've seen. And I think there's going to be an embracing of um, kind of the, this hybrid approach of physical and virtual. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, of course. Thanks for doing this, man. Cool.
<laughs> it was great, great to, uh, great to catch up and really yeah, appreciate man. a lot of um, Absolutely. Here. Thanks for having me on this. Uh, it's a really cool idea too. Of course. Of course. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, Marlon Nichols, founder and managing partner at Mac Venture Capital. Uh, really good to chat. Uh, stay well, stay healthy. All right. Man. Thanks for being here. Cool. Take care.